Welcome into Ballpark Figures, brought to you by Wingman of the Year. This is your host, JP. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Episode 5 of Ballpark Figures. This is JP, where I try to make math and numbers cool by relating it to sports. First off, I want to apologize for the delay in this week's episode. If you saw my Instagram post, I've been really busy being a homeowner, renovating rooms in the house, had a little extra time, so I've been kind of nerding out with that kind of stuff. However, I've been very active on Instagram, and on my Instagram, you can see the link to my TikTok where a lot of the sports historical moments are posted and things like that. Really trying to get involved, get some fan interaction, listeners, and just hearing people's opinions. It's always a great thing. So on this episode, I want to talk about the NFL wildcard weekend, the first time we've had the format with seven teams and only one team with a bye. It gave us two extra games during the wildcard weekend, which I'll never complain about. It was kind of wild. I'll talk about the three six seed matchups and how that's gone over the last few years. The college football national championship was last week with Alabama and the Ohio State. So I'll talk about that and some of the statistics, records that went along with that. And also this week, the NHL opened up their 2021 season. Kind of crazy. But what I want to do there is kind of give you an overview of last year's statistics, specifically the award winners and the leaders in the major categories, and discuss what to expect this season. I'm really excited, and I hope everyone here is too. So without further ado, let's get this thing rolling. So the first thing I want to do is talk about the NFL wildcard games. I'm going to go in order of the way that they were played. So we'll do Saturday's games first and then do Sunday's right after that. So on Saturday, we started off with the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts. It's always exciting when the Buffalo Bills are in the playoffs, especially since they hadn't won a game since 1996. So everyone's kind of waiting back and seeing if this team can can win their first playoff game in 25 years. Buffalo had a lead most of the game, double digits at times, and... They end up winning the game 27-24. On that last drive, they were tested, though. It looked like an apparent fumble, and Buffalo recovered it with about a minute left, and they could have just kneeled to win the game. However, the call on the field was not overturned, and many people were upset by this because it was pretty clear. Uh, it was definitely clear to me that the, the receiver got up and fumbled the ball. However, in New York, they didn't think so, and it kind of allowed the Colts to get a couple more chances, and Phil Rivers tried to throw a Hail Mary. Uh, it didn't quite make it to the end zone. I think it was only 50 yards. I guess he's just getting older. I don't know, but it, it was kind of funny looking. So the stuff that we really care about, the statistics. Josh Allen had a game, 324 yards, two touchdowns. He also added 54 yards on the ground for a touchdown. He just looked tough that game, and it was great to see just the way he played and carried this team on to victory. On the other side of the ball, Phil Rivers had a game too. Uh, he had 309 yards and two touchdowns. What's funny is his QBR was actually 91.9 to Josh Allen's 85.0. So he had a higher QBR. If you don't know what QBR is, don't worry. It's very confusing. Uh, but it's a way that they gauge quarterback in different situations on how well they do. However, Josh Allen's passer rating was much higher. I think that's kind of what most people understand when they look at the ratings. When you look at some of these other players in this game, Stephon Diggs has been a great acquisition for the Buffalo Bills. 
I think he was third in the league in receiving this year. And he carried that right in the playoffs. Six catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. And then I want to highlight some of the rookies that really stepped up during this game. Pittman for the Colts had five catches for 90 yards. I think he's going to be pretty solid. Uh, it'll depend on who they sign at quarterback. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin has just been stellar the second half of the season. He finished with 78 yards and a touchdown. He had one called back, too. Uh, he's going to be a guy to watch out for the next few years for sure. And a sneaky one is Gabriel Davis. This guy really stepped it up the last few weeks of the season for the Buffalo Bills. He finished with four catches for 85 yards. And what's wild is two catches on the sideline in a very crucial drive for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they could have been overturned, but it would have been tough to overturn them. So the call on the field is what stood. So Buffalo Bills won this 27-24. to First playoff win in 25 years. Congratulations to Buffalo. And they got a tough match that we'll kind of get into at the end of the episode. The next game America was blessed with was the NFC West matchup of the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Honestly, I thought Seattle Seahawks would just run all over the Rams. Not necessarily run, but just score a lot of points. It didn't look that way early on in the game. Russell Wilson struggled. He threw an early interception for a touchdown. And the Rams jumped out on top and kind of kept that lead the whole game. The Rams win 30-20. to as I said, Russell Wilson was, you know, not impressive. 174 yards and two touchdowns. Had that interception as well. Uh, the Seahawks offensive line really struggled this year. And I think it's kind of been their weakness for the last few years. But as Russell Wilson gets older, he's not able to escape as easily. However, when he does, it is impressive. And he usually finds DK Metcalf. Metcalf had five catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns. I think those two guys are going to have a great future for as long as Russ plays. Uh, Russell Wilson finds receivers like this. He had some good years with Tyler Lockett. And before that, he had those probably four or five seasons with Doug Baldwin when they were really on top of, of their game, winning the NFC West, going on to be Super Bowl contenders each year, and ultimately the year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Jared Goff was unimpressive. They didn't need to throw. Um, John Wolford was their starter and he got knocked out very early by, uh, Josh Adams, uh, hit to the head. They took the penalty flag away. I could see how they could have called a penalty. I don't think there was any intention to hurt the guy. Uh, just unfortunate hit to John Wolford's head. If you don't know who John Wolford is, he's the AF American Alliance football legend from the Arizona Hot Shots. Obviously, I'm kind of joking, but he did have some pretty good games in that league uh, before it folded. Uh, we'll keep it on this rookie train here because Cam Akers, he kind of took over that backfield towards the end of the season. He finished with 131 yards, a touchdown, and then added a couple receptions for 45 yards. So nearly 200 yards of total offense uh, from Cam Akers. And that is exactly why Jared Goff did not need to do anything. Don't sleep on this Los Angeles Rams team. They have a tough matchup this week against the Packers. Uh, their defense is just way better than people think. When you have a guy like Aaron Donald on the line, the amount of sacks he had this year and the pressure he puts on, he gets a lot of attention and it opens up for his other players. Floyd had a couple sacks as well. 
And when you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey guarding your best receiver, it kind of it kind of helps. Him and DK had some pretty good matchups. Uh, but DK is just a beast. He's huge. And you can only stop him for so long. So Rams win 30-20. to 20. And honestly, I thought that was one of the biggest surprises, upsets of this weekend. And to finish out our Saturday night of NFL wildcard weekend, we had the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of people thought the Buccaneers were just going to trounce all over the football team. But Washington put up a fight. And we had Taylor Heineke playing, probably their fourth quarterback to start this year. And he had 306 yards with a touchdown and 46 yards on the ground with a rushing touchdown. And that rushing touchdown was just unbelievable. The the tenacity, the toughness he showed was awesome. He got his team so hyped up. Chase Young came running down the field and just, you know, gave him a big hug and kind of hyped him up for the cameras. It was exciting to watch. However, you know Tom Brady's going to come out in the playoffs and just crush it. 381 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, if you remember Leonard Fournette, that guy, he's still around. 93 yards a touchdown. He added four catches for 39 yards as well. Tampa Bay built this offensive juggernaut in the offseason. So you had guys step up like they were supposed to. Evans, 119 yards. Godwin, 79 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown, 49 yards and a touchdown. All those big-name guys were getting it done. Cameron Brait had a pretty good game as well. Then you look at Washington's side. A couple receivers had some good games. Running backs did not do well, and they have some pretty good running backs. Antonio Gibson had a great rookie season. Uh, just didn't quite show up in the playoffs. So you had Cam Sims, who had a seven catches for 104 yards. And then Terry McLaurin, who you should always be targeting this guy. Six catches for 75 yards. Uh, that defense for Washington, very tough. Watch out for them in the future. They get a quarterback, some linemen uh, on the offensive side. This could be a, a fun team to watch. I think that they fix that offense. They definitely have a chance in that division for sure. So again, Tampa Bay wins 31-23 over the Washington football team. So now let's roll into Sunday's games. We started Sunday morning with Baltimore and Tennessee. Tennessee jumped out to a quick 10-0 lead, and then it was tied at 10 at halftime. Not going to lie, this was a pretty boring game. Baltimore would end up winning 20-13. Lamar Jackson, unimpressive throwing the ball. However, 136 yards on the ground with a rushing touchdown. He did throw an interception as well, but when you rush for 136 yards, doesn't matter your quarterback, wide receiver, running back, that's impressive. So he carried that team to victory, and he found Hollywood Brown, who's kind of been unimpressive for most of his career, his first two years, but he did have seven catches for 109 yards. And J.K. Dobbins, another rookie, he's kind of been a lot of rookies that we talked about on a wild card weekend, had 43 yards and a touchdown. On the other side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill, 165, a touchdown, an interception, just did not look good. The Baltimore Ravens defense stepped up. They held Derrick Henry to 40 yards, which is impressive in itself. He only had 18 carries, but that's just because they couldn't do anything else. I don't, I don't know what was going on. It was, it was kind of a boring game, not going to lie. A.J. Brown, probably the best receiver on the Titans. Not probably, he is. Six catches for 83 and a touchdown. 
So not much to talk about with that game. Baltimore won 20 to 13, giving Lamar Jackson his first career playoff win after the last two years. Uh, he underperformed in the playoff games, especially last year against Tennessee. The next game America was blessed with, I guess blessed with, is uh, New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. This had to have been the most boring game, way more boring than that Baltimore-Tennessee game. The only thing that even gave it a little bit of excitement was that it was on Nickelodeon, so it was kind of funny to see how they were broadcasting the game with slime and a bunch of different weird things. They had young Sheldon describing the rules on penalties. So it was great if a kid was watching it and didn't know much about football. Uh, but it was not the best game that they could have chosen for it. New Orleans wins 21-9. to However, Chicago gets a touchdown as time expires in the game. Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown. They wouldn't go for the conversion because the game was over. So most of this game, the Chicago Bears had three points. Freeze, 265, two touchdowns, didn't have to do much. Kamara, 99 yards, a touchdown on the ground, two catches for 17. Finally, Michael Thomas, kind of forgot about this guy all season, but he had a pretty decent game, five catches for 73 and a touchdown. Mitchell Trubisky, everyone thought maybe he figured it out and he could be the guy for the future. I'm not sure what Chicago's going to do at quarterback. Honestly, they probably should keep him. I think the play calling is just awful. That's my my take, uh, my, uh, Matt Nagy is, I don't know. Those play calls are terrible. They're three-yard slants every game, every play. Mont Montgomery barely gets the ball, and he's a pretty good running back. He need to use guys like that. So Montgomery only had 31 yards. Trubisky had 199 yards and a touchdown. Again, he threw a touchdown as time expired. So those stats were even worse than that. Allen Robinson, probably his last game in a Bears uniform. I hope so. That guy deserves better. Six catches for 55. So that game was 21-9. to Very boring. My highlight of that game was Mitchell Trubisky wins the Nickelodeon Valuable Player, whatever they called it. And the, the young announcer couldn't even get his name right. Called him Mick, Mike. I don't remember what he called him. But then he called him Trubisky or something. So... That was kind of my highlight from that game, and it's not even football-related. So that's pretty funny. 21-9, Saints over the Bears. And I did say the the other game, the Rams-Seahawks, was surprising. But I totally forgot about the Browns-Steelers game. That was the biggest surprise. Not that the Browns won. I didn't think they would, but just the way they won. 48-37. However, they were up 28-0 in the first quarter, I believe. Uh... If my records are right, it's the first Browns win in the playoffs since 1995 when they weren't the same team. It was actually the old Baltimore Ravens team, I believe. And their first road playoff win since 1969. So the first play of the game, Marquise Pouncey, terrible snap to Big Ben. No one recovers it. The Browns end up getting it in the end zone, touchdown on the very first play of the game. That's kind of how this game went. The Steelers would end up finishing with five turnovers. Uh, Big Ben had 501 yards, but he threw the ball 68 times and completed an NFL record 47 completions. Uh, four touchdowns, four interceptions. So a couple of those were tipped, but still, he did not look impressive. That 501 yards ranks second 
in NFL postseason history. Tom Brady had 505 in the Super Bowl three years ago when they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. So what I'm reading here is if you're throwing a lot like that, 500 yards, it's because you're trying to catch up and you're struggling, you're losing. So it's probably not a good recipe for a victory. We'll keep it on the Steelers' side. Juju, 13 for 157 in a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, 11 for 117. And another rookie. Let's keep with these rookies. are crushing it this year in the playoffs. Uh, Chase Claypool, 5 for 59 and two touchdowns. However, a lot of the news went around Juju and the way he talked about the Browns. And then Chase Claypool took offense to that and kind of went after fans. And it's just not a good look when you're coming after fans and things like that. So we'll see even if Juju comes back next year, what his plan is. He's a big TikTok guy. I know a lot of people are following him. So who knows? On the other side of the ball, Baker Mayfield, a lot of doubters, a lot of haters. He's finished the season pretty strong. Uh, a lot of people get mad at me when I say that he's overrated, but you know you got to play more consistently for a longer period of time, two months, whatever. He did have a good game, 263 yards, three touchdowns. I'm rooting for the guy. I don't know if he's this great quarterback people want him to be, but we'll see. Uh, Nick Chubb, 76 yards on the ground, but he also had four catches for 69 and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt got the rushing touchdowns, 48 yards and two touchdowns. Jarvis Landry, 5 for 92 in a touchdown. And Austin Hooper, their big offseason acquisition, 7 for 46 in a touchdown. Obviously, you're going to have some good stats in a game where it's 48 to 37. You had a big lead. Uh, but I think that this Cleveland victory over Pittsburgh was a big surprise and not what people were expecting, especially when you're jumping out to a 28-0 lead early in the game uh, in the first quarter. You don't see that very often. So that's the wrap-up from the wild, wild NFC wildcard round 2020, I guess 2021. Uh, some things to think about here. This is the first time they've done a 17 format, so we got two free football games, extra football games to watch this year, which was great. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Really enjoyed that. Um, Pittsburgh and Seattle were both the three seed, and the six seed beat them both. This has happened in now 2021, 2020, 2019. The last time that a three seed one was when the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills in 2018. So I don't know if being a three seed is really that good anymore. Also, what's kind of funny is Pittsburgh sat a lot of their players against Cleveland in week 17. So they could play Cleveland again the next round. Had they won, I think the Dolphins might have made it in. So this is very, uh, I don't know. Interesting karma, I guess. Uh, Cleveland had a lot of issues, too. They dealt with COVID during that whole week. And I don't even know if they had a real practice. So Cleveland winning, impressive. We'll see what they can do this week. And this sets us up for a divisional round with the Rams against the Packers, which is going to be a fun game. I think the Rams' defense is good, but I think Aaron Rodgers and that offense is just better. One thing to watch is Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. That'll be fun. We have Ravens versus Bills, which is also going to be fun. Two quarterbacks from the same class. Uh, Josh Allen went number seven, and Lamar Jackson went last in the first round. Both first-round quarterbacks. Browns versus Chiefs. A lot of people are kind of dubbing this progressive versus State Farm, which is kind of funny with Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. They did play one of the most epic college games with over 1,200 passing yards. 
when Oklahoma and Texas Tech played. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes had over 700 passing yards. Uh, I'll have to find that and post it on the social media for sure. Then we have the Bucks versus the Saints to cap it off, cap off divisional round weekend. That's going to be Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. Probably the last time we'll see it is take three for this year. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this, this game just to see these two quarterbacks go at it. Probably one last time. So now I want to move on to the college football national championship. After a weekend of wildcard football in the NFL, we got the national championship the next day on Monday. The Ohio State versus Bama. Everyone thought this could be a close game, especially after the way Justin Fields performed against Clemson. However, it wasn't that close. Alabama wins 52-24. to What's crazy is after the first quarter, it was 7-7. Seven to seven. They took their chance, uh, turns scoring, but at halftime, it was 35-17. to 17. Mac Jones took over. He had 464 yards and five touchdowns in this game. Najee Harris, who finished fifth in the Heisman, 79 and two touchdowns. And then our boy, Devontae Smith, podcast, big supporter of him, showing the world why he was the Heisman Trophy winner and why he deserved it. He had 12 catches for 215 yards and three touchdowns, which is insane because he did that in the first half. He did not play in the second half. He didn't need to, and he was breaking records with the most receptions and touchdowns in the college football national championship playoff game. Impressive. I couldn't believe my eyes. Just He was open every time. He kept throwing him the ball. Uh, what's funny is I had a lot of conversations with my friends saying how small he is and things like that. And I don't know, maybe he heard the hate and just got open and started catching balls. I don't know. But he's a college kid. He's 175 pounds listed. The NFL will put 15 pounds on him and keep him fast. I would not worry about this guy. This guy's going to crush it. What, what was great to see was Jalen Waddle came back. He got hurt very early in the season. He came back. He's projected to be a top 10 or 15 uh, draft pick in the NFL too. On the other side of the ball, we had Justin Fields. Not as impressive as the semifinal. He had 194 yards and a touchdown and 67 yards on the ground. It really wasn't much to watch. Alabama is just the best team in the country. They showed it the week before against Notre Dame when they just smashed them. And they showed it again when they played against Ohio State by beating them 52-24. to These scores are not what I like to see in a national championship game, but we've had a couple blowouts in the last few years. And it just shows how much better some of these teams are. So... That's college football. Interesting year. Hopefully next year we get kind of the norm back for college football. Some out-of-conference games, some of those big high-profile games, and we'll see if we can get the four best teams in the playoff next year. So the last thing I wanted to talk about was the NHL season. This was the opening week. Uh, I'm not a huge knowledgeable person about hockey but i do love the sport i'm really trying to get into it this year and i did a lot of research just to kind of get myself caught up with everything i even joined a fantasy league with hockey so i can watch it and just kind of keep up with everything so last year's nhl season was interrupted by covid just like all the other sports seasons and they did a bubble in edmonton another one in toronto 
for the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. And then the winners played. So from the Western Conference, the Dallas Stars won in Edmonton in that bubble. And then Tampa Bay won in the Toronto bubble for the Eastern Conference. They played each other. Dallas kind of overcame a lot. And Tampa Bay's had a good team. They have a lot of studs. Uh, but Tampa Bay won over Dallas. And they're your current Stanley Cup final champs right now. Uh, and they're going to try and, and protect that. They have a lot of good players that have just kept them there. They have a great goalie in Andre Veselowski. They have uh, Nikita Kucherov is very good, but he's out this year. They have Victor Hedman. They have uh, Stamkos. So they're, they're a good team. They have a lot of talent and I think experience too, which will really help them out. So what I did next was I looked at the award winners from last season. And I'll kind of give you the names of them and what they mean and who the players are. So you should keep an eye on these guys. So we had the Calder Memorial Trophy, which is the best NHL rookie. It was Kale McCarr from the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche have a, a pretty good team. Uh, we'll see if they can put all the pieces together, but they have uh, McKinnon, who is really good. Uh, my brother says he's the second best player in the NHL. We'll talk about Connor McDavid here in a second, but uh, McKinnon is, is really good. So watch out for him. Then we had the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the NHL's MVP, most valuable player. And that was Leon Dreisaitl from the Edmonton Oilers. So he won it. Connor McDavid won it a few years ago. Connor McDavid is considered the best player in hockey right now. No one even comes close to him. So the Edmonton Oilers have him and Dreisaitl. They should be a good team. And I'm going to talk about division breakdown here in a second. But they play against all the other Canadian teams this year. So we'll see how they work, how it works out for them. I think Edmonton has a really good chance to not only make the playoffs, but at least win a series. Then we have the James Norris, excuse me, Moral Trophy, which is uh, the best defenseman. That's Roman Yossi from the Nashville Predators. Nashville... We'll see. I don't know. Victor Hedman was also on this list. Victor Hedman is considered by many to be the best defenseman in hockey. So keep an eye out on, on Roman Yossi and for Nashville and then Victor Hedman as well. And then the Vezina Trophy is the best goalie. So there's a lot of good goalies out there. I just said Andre Vasilevsky, which is Tampa Bay's goalie. He's a stud. Tuka Rask is very good for Boston. And there's some, there's some young guys out there. Um... Watch out for the Rangers. They got Igor Shesterkin, who's from Russia. He's supposed to be the real deal, but we'll see. Didn't start off too great this season, but there's a lot of uh, time left. So Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets was the winner of the Vesna last year. Winnipeg, I don't know. I don't think they're a top team this year. I mean, I don't think they got a chance. I don't really know how to word this. They're a good team. They have a chance, but Canada's got a tough division. I don't see them making the playoffs with the other teams they have to compete against. So after looking at the awards, I wanted to go into the league leaders from last season and kind of the big stats. With goals, we had two people with 48 goals, David Pasternak and Alex Ovechkin. So that's the Bruins and the Capitals, respectively. Both had 48 goals, which is pretty impressive. Leon Dreisaitl, who I just mentioned, was the MVP. 67 assists, which led the NHL. And then 110 points, which led the NHL. If you're not a big follower of hockey, 
goals and assists are both considered points, and you can add them up together, and that's how you get your total points. Also in hockey, two players can get an assist. So there's two passes. Both those players can get an assist. Then I looked at the goalies, looked at their stats. Andre Vasilevsky led the league with 35 wins last year. Goalies kind of get a win-loss, just like uh, baseball pitchers, NFL quarterbacks, or football quarterbacks. Uh, goals against average was Tuka Rask. Average 2.12 goals against. It's pretty good. Connor Hellebuck, the Vesna Trophy winner, six shutouts, which was, led the NHL last year. So there's some of the big stats that I looked at for the league leaders uh, from the 2020 NHL season. So as we get ready for this season, the NHL has compressed the season from 82 games to 56. And there's four divisions. I mentioned Canada has a division, seven teams there. There's a West division. Uh, which is all the California teams, Arizona, Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota, and St. Louis, I believe, is in that one. There's a central division with, you know, Chicago, Detroit, Nashville, and it kind of steeps on down to the south with Carolina, Florida, Tampa. Uh, I'm missing some teams, but it's kind of just the, the geographical location. And the east is kind of your northeastern teams and your mid-Atlantic. So you got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, New York. New York, New Jersey, Philly, Boston, and Washington. So what these teams are going to do, they're only going to play in their divisions. So you're going to play every team at least eight times. Uh, it's it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun rivalries that are created. Uh, currently, not. I don't know if anyone's letting fans in. I don't think so. But it's, it's going to be fun the, the way that they're doing it this year. Uh, top four teams from each division will go to the playoffs and they'll play and then they'll, they'll, each division will have a winner from the playoffs of those four teams. And then they'll they'll do the playoffs with the winners of the divisions playing each other. So that's kind of what to expect this season if you're going to get into hockey. I hope so. I'm going to kind of put in some, some NHL stats as well. So with that being said... That's going to conclude today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the NFL wildcard breakdown, the college football national championship breakdown, and kind of a little informational about the NHL and kind of what to expect. So next episode, be ready for the NFL divisional round, some more hockey, and any other stats that I may find interesting I would love to share with you all. Thanks for listening. Please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Ballpark Figures Pod. And on each of those, you should find a link tree that can go to my TikTok, our Wingman of the Year page, Ballpark Figures, all of that. We're kind of just really enjoying putting out information to everyone. I hope everyone's enjoying listen, listening to us. And we really appreciate it all. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend and be ready for an episode next week. And lastly, thank you all. I'll talk to you later. Peace out.